be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The crowds asked John the Baptist, What should we do? He said to them in reply, Whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none, and whoever has food should do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what should we do? He answered them, Stop collecting more than what is prescribed. Soldiers also asked him, What is it that we should do? He told them, Do not practice extortion. Do not falsely accuse anyone and be satisfied with your wages. Now the people were filled with expectation and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will be baptized. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire extorting them in many other ways. He preached good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Before we dive into these amazing readings, by the way, it always rejoices me when you guys pray the vocation prayer before Mass. Do you realize that it's working? I hope you don't, you don't just think, well, we're just saying this because it's all routine. I don't want to embarrass people. But for my parish, we have a young lady discerning the convent life. I have a young man discerning the priesthood. Pray for them. Because I guarantee you, they feel like aliens. Because God plants an idea in your head and in your heart. And, it's, and especially when you're surrounded by a world that's, that's totally unlike that path, it's, you, they, they feel like they're aliens. So, so keep, keep those prayers going from the depths of your heart because it's working. It's working. I like the celibacy prayer. Yeah, give it to me. Right? So, and it's hard. It's so contrary to the values of our world that they feel like aliens. I'm telling you, keep praying. But let's get into these readings. I'm so excited. Powerful, powerful. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why are you happy? Where does your joy come from? I want to ask you that question, because I think, I think it's one of those deep probing questions we must ask ourselves. Why are you happy? Why are you joyful? What is the cause and source and the reason for your happiness? Because we see that powerfully today in the second reading, don't we? Look at St. Paul, writing to the church in Philippi, he says, Brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Have no anxiety at all, in it, but in everything, give prayer and petition, thanksgiving, and make a request known to God. Rejoice always. Do you realize that when Paul wrote this letter, he was writing from a prison cell? 
He was jailed for, be, for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. He's, there he is in jail. He's been beaten, <laughs> scourged. He's been outcasted. And then now he's telling them, rejoice always. I say to you again, rejoice. Paul, where is your happiness and your joy? For so many of us, we're told that happiness, and then it's a sound at the risk of sounding like a broken record. We're always told just to buy stuff. That our happiness will always be found in material possessions. Dear young people, that is a lie. Hear that again. Happiness will not be found in material possessions. It will not. And we see this powerfully. And we see, again, this is nothing new, by the way. So John the Baptist is preaching the gospel. And, and they're so moved, cut to the heart by his preaching. They say, John the Baptist, what do I got to do? What do I do next? Right, John the Baptist? And he says to the tax collectors, Stop collecting more than what is prescribed. What is he talking about there? Because these tax collectors are greedy. They're taking more than what the law prescribes. Greed. Oh, let's get more, 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 more. And then the soldiers ask him, John the Baptist, what do I got to do? Stop extorting people. <laughs> Why? Because here's the military, right? Soldiers, they're strong. They're, 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 they got weapons. They have the state behind them. And so what they do with their power? Give me more, more, more. And John the Baptist tells them, stop doing that. Be satisfied with your wages. Again, I'm preaching to, I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to everybody in every age. Because what is it? Oh, and we feel it, don't we? Greed. And what do we know about greed? Oh, we will lie, we will cheat, we will beat, rob people, we will sacrifice our families at the pursuit of more wealth, we will neglect our children, we will hurt one another. Oh, you think of all the filth of the world. Oh, we will do anything. We will sacrifice our relationship with the living God to acquire more. It's nothing new. Greed, greed, greed. Oh. Give me more. Have you guys been to Portola lately? Have you seen the lights? We win, I think. We are. I, don't, I know it was a competition. I was competing with myself. But I think, I dare say humbly, we are the most lighted church in all of California. It's expanding, by the way, in my, in my imagination. Nevada, Texas, we're the most lighted Do you know why Juliet, I'm going to embarrass you now, call you well. Do you know why we have Christmas lights, by the way? Christian, not Christian, like why? Part of our custom to celebrate these beautiful days, why we put up Christmas lights. Do you know what it represents? And now you will never forget it because you're embarrassed right now. Call me out. Christmas lights. 
represents Jesus Christ. And there's a reason why we put up Christmas lights precisely during the darkest time of the year. It is because it is in that darkness now. Christ enters in. And that is why when, he, when you're in Portola next time, if you haven't already, just go there at night. Especially when you drive over the overpass towards the church. It's just in your face. Why is that? Because I want everybody to drive over that bridge. Because the highest point of the tower is the cross. I want everybody to drive over that bridge and to say and to remember Jesus Christ has pierced the darkness. Because the joy that comes with him, and we see why Paul is saying, Rejoice always. I say to you again, rejoice. If as Christians we take this message to heart that my foundation and my root of my joy and my happiness is Jesus Christ, no matter how dark it gets, no matter what happens, we always trust that God will take care of us. And we see this beautifully. So this morning at Portola, we had a big celebration. We had a choir that came all the way out from Reno because today is December 12th. It's a great celebration of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's a, it's a kind of hard to see from the back, but there's an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe here. If you go to Patola, we have a statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and there's just rose petals overflowing. <laughs> and so we had a big celebration there this morning. And look what happened. December 12th, 1531. you have a clash of civilizations. And whenever there's a clash of civilizations, it's always, it's always bloody. Never, it's never clean. So you have the Spanish Empire now, what's now modern than Mexico. And then you have the Aztec Empire made up of different native Indian tribes. They're going head to head. Unfortunately, when we try to spread Christianity to the Aztecs there, it wasn't, it wasn't, we weren't quite successful. Because part of the reason why was that the Aztecs associated Catholicism with the brutality of the Spanish. Because what did they discover in modern-day Mexico? It is the reason why treasure hunters are all scouring the Caribbean bottom. Gold. We discovered gold in what's now modern-day Mexico. And so what the Spanish Empire did was that they enslaved the Aztecs and the native Indians there to mine the gold. Because as you know, mining is hard. And they brutalized the Aztecs to get more, more, more gold. That is why, again, if you find a shipwreck in the Caribbean, congratulations, you're rich beyond your wildest dreams. Billions of dollars are sitting at the bottom of the Caribbean right now. Should should go there. Let's go look for it. Get a metal detector. Let's go. Our Lady appears on this day, December 12th, 1531. She makes she makes her appearance in Prince miraculously on the garments of Saint Juan Diego. 
imprinting this famous, famous image. When our Blessed Mother appeared to Juan Diego on the garment of his, what he was wearing, within a few short years, within three years, do you know how many Aztecs converted to Catholicism? Within a few short years, nearly 10 million became Catholic, just like that. It is said that the priests, their hands hurt so much because they kept pouring water over everybody. Their hands grew tired. Our Lady of Guadalupe healed the rift between these two civilizations. That is why to this very day, this is why to the Mexican people, Our Lady of Guadalupe holds a special place in her heart, in, 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 their, in their culture. That is why, again, our, our Mexican brothers and sisters consider themselves a mix between the Spanish and the Indians. They've become one. God intervened at this precise moment, changed the course of this side of the world. 1531. Now let's jump across the ocean. October 7th, 1571. And again, a clash of two civilizations. Here's what's happening. The Ottoman Muslim Empire is spreading and conquering like mad. They are sweeping across North Africa, the Middle East. They're starting to encroach to Eastern Europe. And they're about to have free reign in Western Europe. The Catholic nations rise up. Especially the Spanish The Austrians, the, what's called the Holy League, Venice, Naples, the Catholic states rise up. We amass a naval fleet of about 200 ships on the shores, on the west coast of what's, what's Greece. We form a massive fleet which will become the largest naval battle in all of history. The Christian fleet on one side, the Ottoman fleet on the other. To kind of lay the groundwork of this, what was hanging in the balance. If we lost this battle, the Ottoman Empire would have swept into the Italian peninsula. And this day, St. Peter's Basilica, the largest church in, in the entire planet, would be a mosque right now. If we lost that battle, they would have swept from Italy to Switzerland, Germany, France. Nothing would have stopped them because, again, what's happening in that time period? Sadly, the Protestant Reformation is destroying the unity of Europe. Because right now you have the northern parts of Europe fracturing into, into, into all the different Protestant groups. And you have, the, you have the Catholic South. If we lost this battle, Europe would have never been able to mount a defense against the Ottoman Empire. In many ways, this was our last stand. Do you see now the drama that I'm trying to create here? What's hanging in the balance here is our very survival. The fleets now are heading towards each other. At this time period, naval warfare wasn't about shooting cannons from a distance. You know how they fought? It's, oh, it's dramatic. They would broadside each other's ships. You, you rammed into the opposing ship. And then you would try to jump onto the opposing ship and then you would do battle on board the ship. You, you literally crashed your ship into the other one. That's naval warfare. 
in the 16th century. And so as the fleets now are gathering together, on the flagship in the center of the, of the Christian line is a man by the name of Don Juan of Austria, just 24 years old. Knowing what was about to happen, he entrusted the success of the battle to an image of our Blessed Mother. Guess what image that was? It was a new image that had just come from the new world. It was an image of Our Lady Guadalupe. He knelt down in front of the image of Our Lady Guadalupe and begged Our Blessed Mother to intercede on behalf of the Catholic soldiers to succeed in that battle. He gets up, resumes his position on the flagship as we're barreling towards the Muslim fleet. And guess what that 24-year-old Don Juan of Asher begins to do? He begins to dance. Like what? You're about to go into the largest naval battle in history and you're dancing on your ship? The other soldiers look at the flagship because the flagship is, is bigger, it's taller. And they see their general dancing. The Catholic soldiers scream in joy. He rouses them. And, they, and, and as they're speeding now towards the Muslim fleet, something amazing happens. The wind amazingly shifts. And now the Christian fleet has the wind at their back. And in naval warfare, as you know, if you have the wind at your back, you have the strategic advantage. The battle would last about seven hours. We won that day. 10,000 soldiers, Catholic soldiers died. Uh, about 30,000 of the Ottomans died. And the Ottomans would never again seriously threaten Europe. When news of the battle reached the Pope, Pope Pius V in Rome, all of the bells began to ring throughout this city because he understood our civilization was hanging by a thread. God intervened and we won. Do you realize that if we lost that battle, the United States would not be here? None of you would be here because they would have swept through our ancestors' homeland. When you have Jesus Christ as the center of your life, we trust that he will intervene no matter how dark it gets, no matter how seemingly impossible the odds against us are, and no matter what happens around us. If you build your life on Jesus Christ, rather than what the world tells us, to buy more stuff, to buy a bigger house, a nicer car, look more beautiful, if, we, if our joy and happiness rests on that, it's not going to last. 
Jesus Christ. It's the only reason why we rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Have no anxiety at all. 